लगता है बट यू लुक अमेजिंग एंड कैन आई मेक दैट परफेक्ट आंटी स्टेटमेंट तुम कैसी थी तब वैसी आज भी लगती हो जरूर आई बीन हियरिंग नथिंग बट दिस you know but it's been 20 years i still remember sitting in the edit studio we had beta tapes and editing that footage you oh my god i was there and then the three of us i was just thinking when the team set this up i was thinking we actually go back a really long way you've possibly known me for as long as i've had a career true the moment you were crowned miss asia pacific i've known you since then and i remember meeting all three of you at taj palace when you got to meet the president of india at the time yes so all of you were in different rooms and we spoke to lara priyanka and you all three of you together it was a momentous moment today when you look back what is the first thing that comes to mind any memory that you can never shake off it's hard to pin one down but the one that i always share with people uh because i think it uh, <clears throat> it it was a defining moment for me in many ways i felt like a winner only when i landed back in the country uh in that moment when they announced my name i felt a overwhelming sense of relief <laughs> and joy of course uh but i had no one with me i was an, on my own and uh so there was no family no friends nobody I literally remember going back to the hotel late in the night after the contest was over and all the paraphernalia around that was done with uh, and making a call or being connected to my parents uh, at the reception and I couldn't stop crying because I was just so relieved you know puja as somebody who never really experienced competition in life and who was kind of uh nurtured in an environment that did not promote competition it was so against uh, my fabric you know it was just so unnatural for me to be in a contest and uh, even at the miss india i remember almost uh, talking to myself every day telling myself that i'm not here to outdo anybody or outshine anyone i'm here really to bring out the best in myself and learn and enjoy this experience and if i win great it will be a wonderful uh, outcome of this experience and it was when i won the miss india it felt like that but when i went for the miss asia pacific it was suddenly something else because here i was at an international platform there were 24 other countries and i was representing my country so suddenly the contest became a contest you know i could no longer say i'm here just to learn or grow on of course all of that was true but i suddenly felt like oh my god i have to win this uh and i think the pressure kind of increased when priyanka was announced a winner literally one night before hmm. uh i won so <laughs> i was like there's no way they're going to give another indian this title uh but uh i remember being on call with pradeep guha who was managing the times of india at the time and he said to me uh he said don't think about it don't worry about it if you don't win it will be their loss and 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 that was very reassuring because it just meant that they had so much confidence in um my ability to hold myself together and just sail through it and um 
yeah i think i did feel that is really a defining moment for me that moment when i stepped out of the international airport and i saw a sea of people waiting to welcome me and then of course the love and the affection and the adulation that came away and then flying to hyderabad from mumbai uh, and meeting my parents at the airport that's really when i felt like okay i'd done something right i'd won i'd won <laughs> awesome and your life kind of changed and actually it was a first for the country when three girls from your country were on this international platform and life changed yeah. and i remember you telling uh, someone that when you started modeling this it she's too pretty to model you know i mean how does one deal with when you are such a talented person but the first thing people observe are your looks oh you are so pretty you've changed that perception by doing the kind of cinema you did but what was it like dia i mean it is i'm sure very taxing for a woman to say i'm much more beyond my looks yeah but then it's upon us right puja because i think um, you know especially when you're that young and you experience such a, a remarkable paradigm shift and you have literally everybody's attention and focus on you when you're being put up on a pedestal every day but you know uh, becoming a part of the film industry as early as i did so within the first year of joining the miss asia pacific i signed five feature films i started working night and day and it was tough and um, my first film released and bombed and it was status rehna hai tere dil mein which if has eventually gone on to being called a cult film etc and it's kind of garnered a lot of love and affection but at the time it was a box office dud and um, my god what a way to hit the ground you know and and really hard because when you're that young at 19 and you have experienced that crazy success and attention and all of that and suddenly boom you come crashing down because every i mean the media was ruthless the the reviews were ruthless <laughs> and the industry also kind of in some ways it didn't reject me but it did suddenly from wanting me in every feature i lost practically every offer that was on the table for me uh within the same year mm -hmm. so it was like what is going on so there's a lot that i think i learned very quickly um and i think the lesson there was that something that my mother's always repeated but i didn't quite understand when i was younger but she would say that in good times and bad always remember that this too shall pass there's too much impermanence and especially when it is so centered on other people's opinion of you so start focusing on defining yourself and your own path because if you are constantly dependent on what other people think then you're not going to get anywhere and i think that was sage advice to say the least because um you're right when you are reduced to just your identity is reduced to just the way you look mm. and you have so much more to offer like even now i find it i don't find it to be a compliment at all when people say beauty with brains i think it's an insult because therein lies the assumption that if you are beautiful you're not a thinking person and and that's just so unfortunate right But yeah, I think there are enough beautiful women in the world that are beating that stereotype, and are helping more and more people recognize that we are made of much more than what people assume us to be. 
True. And also, as you said, 90s also was a ruthless time because, you know, you didn't have the social media. Thank God for that. It would have been worse. But even for heroines, you know, they were always, I mean, you know, you've seen that shift because now the kind of narratives you do and you take your own, it's by your, you know, I by myself. But and then, you know, you ended up like it was always hero centric. Was that sometimes used to wonder why so? It used to irk me. Definitely, because when you're raised in an environment where you're not made conscious of your gender and suddenly you're working in a workspace which is so male-dominated. When I started working uh, on a good day, there would be about three or five women on set. Uh, thankfully, that has changed. Of course, the gender ratio is still very skewed, um, but we've come a long way. There are more female filmmakers, writers, uh, cinematographers, editors, etc., but when I started out, it was completely dominated uh, by men. And uh, women, especially the leading ladies, were treated like window dressing. Mm. Unless you were working in parallel cinema. And, and honestly, like I feel like the way my bent of mind is, I would have actually enjoyed doing that kind of cinema a lot more than I did doing mainstream commercial cinema. But the uh, parallel cinema directors didn't want to cast me because I was too pretty. Thankfully, that's also changing now yeah. because the lines are getting thankfully blurred. You know, there's a, there's a fast, bigger, stronger bridge now being made to kind of say that you can be thinking, feeling wonderfully sensitive and sensible and still be mainstream. Uh, so yeah, things are changing, thankfully. Did you always want to be an actor? I wanted to ask you that, you know, since I've known you for 20 years, if Dia Mirza had not gone for Miss Asia Pacific, what would she have been doing now? I was always extremely, I thrived in the performing arts. I loved being on stage. I loved theater. Uh, I love stories and literature. My best subjects in school were uh, lit and history. Um, and I was a part of every school play uh, every single year. Um, so I do believe that I would have made my way into the performing arts because it was just something that made me very happy. Um, but I never consciously thought that I want to grow up and be an actor. Although I do remember Pooja uh, watching a lot of these films in theaters with my friends. Even when I was much younger, five, six, I remember watching Chandni, uh, going back home and dancing to Mere Hatu Mein No No Churiya for the entire, you know, the domestic staff at home. Um, Ek Do Teen from Tezab. You know, these were like my go-to numbers. And like, I remember attending the wedding of my, um, he was an auto rickshawala who used to take me to school and bring me back. So his oldest daughter was getting married and I was invited for the wedding and I got all dressed up and I wore the silvar kameez with lots of chudis and I performed to Mere Hato Me No No Chudia So I think this germ uh, to be a performer was there. It was always there. I loved, I, I, I'll never forget dancing to Hamma Hamma, you know, Sonali Bendre's song and Prabhu Deva's song. I would be like nine, I think I may have been nine or 10 and I would be doing the steps like there was no tomorrow. Wow. You came to the right place. But like the kind of cinema Dia does is not 
hamma hamma no no chudiya she does very serious intense roles yes uh, but when i started out i was very happy doing those songs as well but yeah there is i think i would have definitely found my way into cinema because you know even after i i do regret not having trained in the performing arts because i think it would have been a huge advantage although there is um there is great value also on learning on the job um but yeah i would definitely have i think found some way or the other to be in film And Rehna, in your heart, I remember attending the premiere. By the way, I covered that. I covered that. Those beta tapes, editing that footage. The Amirza's first film, and you know how it is like beauty queen. The Amirza's first comparisons with Ashwarya Rai at the time. Oh my God! It was just like, what is going on? Why? Why? Why can't people just let me be me? <laughs> and you know, did that bog you down? Because there are comparisons. Because there was Ash who was Miss World. She was compared to Sushmita Sen. Then you girls came. You were compared to them. Did that bother you? Was like, let us be. Yeah, like I said, I just I hoped that I would eventually, um, you know, carve a niche for myself and form my own identity. Uh, and I did recognize the fact that it does happen. I remember Madhuri Dixit once telling me that when she first joined cinema, she was always compared with Madhubala. and 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 that's a huge compliment right because if you are you know there's a reference made uh, for you in context to another beautiful iconic uh, leading lady then it shouldn't really be upsetting but so yeah i always said i'm very i'm very flattered thank you very much but i hope eventually someday you will all just say, recognize me as dia and and not say i look like someone and thankfully that happened like in about 4 5 years it stopped true true and you know ashwarya's so, first 5 years for that to happen though and ashwarya's first film also had tanked you know so poor thing she also did face bad press you know but i know people are ruthless but rehna tere dil mein the cult like status with fans still celebrating every year the film's release yeah. now when you look back what do you think like tab pyar kyun nahi diya tha hum logo ko Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's it's like the most incredible irony, but you know, I think it it that this this example is is in so many ways um, so uplifting because uh, you do re- recognize the fact that a film may come into theaters, and yes, there is that construct. of business that expects a film to run in theaters and for audiences to watch it then and for it to then be kind of defined as a hit or a flop or whatever because the business is driven by economics and it impacts so many things like i said i had so many offers that just disappeared right um and i do sometimes wonder that if it had been a box office hit would things have been different having said that i think this film is a reminder of the fact that if a film is meant to generate love and connect with the with an audience it will it it doesn't matter whether it happens during its box office run or subsequently because this film went on to become the most viewed film on television for many years uh the songs still are played on radio every day and there are there is an entire generation of people who were in their early like early teens mid teens early 20s who have such strong powerful memories associated with that film 
so yeah it, it it's 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 a good thing because enough industry that is so dominated by the number game i think this is a this was a great reminder that not everything is defined by its numbers and and especially not at the time that it's may it may be expected to and people want to know when is a part 2 coming every day i read something in the paper the amirza and r mahadevan approach for part 2 of rena hai tere dil mein uh there is so we've been uh, there is a plot line that we thought of that um we like and it's being explored in writing right now so when we have a script that we love and we know will take us to the place we want to go because mary and i both know that when we do a part 2 A, it needs to be better than part one, and B, I think also that it needs to be representative of our age, our real age today. You know, these characters should have traveled twenty years through life, True. Uh, and and it would be very interesting to meet them twenty years thereon. So, uh, yeah, work is happening. Let's see if we have a good script, then we make it. and as you said 20 years when did dia mirza what was the trigger that made her the earth savior and now people look up at you as one of the strongest advocates of climate change you know talking about the earth our environment what was that one turning point when you decided to just plunge yourself totally into it other than what you did about 12 years ago uh, when i realized that so much of the health related issues that young children and, and the elderly were experiencing was totally connected with the environment and the fact that climate was changing rapidly the frequency and intensity of droughts and floods were like just destabilizing people and lives and causing so much devastation and destruction especially in india and not enough was being spoken about it in mainstream media not enough was being said also <clears throat> for the large part most people in government and policy were just not interested you know whether it was air pollution or it was loss of forest and wildlife and uh, uh, it was just i was I, i just decided that it was important because i had access to mainstream uh, media and to civil society i had to use my voice to draw attention to all of this because it was there was just not enough happening and also what happens is that people in science live in silos and they don't really have access to civil society so i realized that if i could be some kind of a bridge between uh, you know the people that are working on the ground the conservationists the scientists etc with civil society what better and what greater opportunity than to be able to do that and i don't know what i've told you i kind of doggedly pursued people like bitu segal after we did one of the first greenathons with ndtv uh and the tigerathon with ndtv i was like this gentleman i have to meet he has to, because there's so much to learn from him and i i pursued him and in the beginning he completely ignored me he thought oh what is this actress want from me she's not going to take this through and i was like no i will i need to meet you we have to spend time and and today i i feel so benefited by the fact that he has mentored me and guided me through the years and really given me access to so many more organizations and given me the opportunity to work with so many more people on such important campaigns as you said na actors who you know like what bitu said i thought 
maybe will she take it through? There have been people who've raised their voice, but you have been so consistent there, honestly. I'm sure you faced that the first year that you started off. You've been so consistent, so at it, that even the UN recognizes your efforts. Every What were the hurdles? What was the first thing? I'm sure you faced it yourself, that maybe initially everybody thought this just a flash in the pan. She'll forget about it. Fad hai abhi, thodi time. Yeah, I mean, you are mocked a little bit. I would be teased in the industry. I would, I would be called activist. Um, <laughs> yellow activist are they but uh, I think when you care some care for something uh, deeply and you work on it consistently over time even your the den, your the denials or the naysayers around you discover that okay there is there is genuine intention here and you can't just dismiss it there's somebody who's put in years of time in doing this and Pooja, I think that more and more people today recognize that this is a subject that should interest and involve every one of us. You know, uh, it is at the end of the day, an existential crisis. It's something that affects our health every single day. So yeah, more power to social media and media and all the wonderful work that we've managed to do to help more people understand that there's a lot of work to be done. We need to we need to change ourselves. So I'll tell you a joke. I, if I still remember, they had the green carpet. Thanks to you, yeah. something happened, and there were plastic cups. They said, "Jaldi utha, nahi to diya ke uthane lagegi." So apparently, this is what the organizers would say because this is one of the IFAs I attended. Utha utha diya ke na kacha uthane shuru jayegi to musibat pad jayegi. So you know, literally. Yeah, but then that's how it's to be done, right? You have to walk the talk. You have to do it yourself. And I'm good. I'm so glad that people are mortified of me. <laughs> Literally, because this was when you all had gone in, reporters were standing, and there was stuff strewn. So there was something that even I like cracked up about, but you know, more power to you. But today, what would you want to tell your 20-year-old self if you met her? You know, I, I remember being extremely insecure and vulnerable in my 20s. Uh, and I think that that is an outcome of being in the media business because you're constantly pitted against each one another. Uh, you're, you are valued or you're, you know, people are evaluating you based on, like I said, the economics of your films. There's so little attention given to your substance as a human being that it can make you deeply insecure. Um, I would tell the 20 year old self to not be insecure, to just trust herself. Because the day I stepped back and I kind of created a reset in my life and the way I think and understand what it is that I was doing and why it is that I was here, that it, it brought about a huge shift. You know, I was 21 when I lost my father and um, it was it was a very difficult time because my films were not working. I'd lost a parent, and um, it, and there was just so much pressure on every aspect of you know how you look, how you present yourself, where you're at, how much work you're able to do, etc. And um, yeah, I I think that insecurity drives uh, us to make the worst decisions we can possibly make. And it's so important to be secure about your own self, about your abilities. So, yeah, I would tell myself not to be insecure. 
And also, I've seen you doing culinary paitu all for wild dogs. I mean, what's that like? Something different. Going to- this is for another show. And the the joke is that I'm supposed to be very bad at it. <laughs> so I was oh. like, I have to learn a little bit of it, something of it, to be bad at it. Because anyway, I'm not going to be great at it. Because culinary paitu is such a refined skill, martial arts skill. It takes years of practice to become an exponent of it. That I was like, whatever it is, playing a new part, you know, essaying, even if you're kind of enacting a situation, how wonderful to have the opportunity to learn something in, in you know, in for it. So I was like, I'm doing the classes. And even if I'm, I, even after I was done shooting, I was like, I'm going to continue doing these classes because it's, it's just such a fantastic form of... Uh, martial arts it's beautiful awesome so anyways before we go it's 20 years 20 questions rapid fire most expensive purchase ever oh dear god my home first pocket money i was must i think 50 rupees a week wow Yeah. (laughs) yeah last book you read Untamed. Favorite app? Instagram. (laughs) Love for you is? Life. Hmm. Your guilty pleasure? Chocolate. Wow. Your um, favorite role model? Oh, dear God. I have too many. Um, Tough. But I would say my mother. Your hidden talent that no one knows of. Damn good cook. Wow. Okay, now you have to eat somebody's food to experience. <laughs> so most wow. people, only my friends know how well I cook. So. Wow. I mean, actor, director, producer, I mean, activist, activist and cook. Is there something and poverty. <laughs> Is there something that you can't do? Lots of things. But yeah, I like to, this is, so this, here's a secret that uh, I've kind of adopted about 15 years ago. I try and learn something new every single year, a life skill. That's awesome. I got your goals, your pet peeve. (sighs) Do I have one? Do you have one? I'd love to know what your pet peeve is. I just don't like when people come late and also I can't stand, you know, when people talk while eating, that irritates the shit out of me. No, but I think that what really irritates me is lies. Like if some, and I can see somebody lying to me for no reason. I'm really upset. Why? Yeah, same here actually. Say something other than in Hindi and English. One thing you can't live without. Loved ones. Favorite book of all time. Oh my God. Too many. Too many favorites. But The Other Worlds of Isaac Asimov. I read it when I was 11. And it really opened up my mind and my perception of the world and and life 
because I realized that, you know how suddenly when you're a young person, you suddenly understand that, oh, you're a person on a small blue dot of a planet that is a part of a solar system that is a part of something much bigger. You know, that context, it it just, just changes everything. Should pick up that one. Favorite holiday spot? I love the Himalayas, Puja. I've traveled everywhere in the world, but I feel that there's something about the Himalayas that is just so beautiful and enchanting. There's something very powerful about those mountains. And when you feel, that's the time when you actually feel small. Yeah. One little speck in the entire cosmos. Yeah. yeah. Your spirit animal. <sighs> Elephants. Oh. Yeah. I was watching The Crown and they had that scene of those elephants. I was like, just don't hurt them. Just don't hurt them. You know, I just don't like seeing animals in movies where they're like tortured. I'm a, one of those people who cries when the dog dies in the film. Obviously. Same. Same. One thing on your bucket list. Skydiving. Hmm. The hmm. one role you will never do. Never, ever do. Even if it was a great script, million dollars, but you wouldn't do. I don't think there's any such role okay. because I think it's important as an artist to be open. If it's a great script and a great role, the, the challenge is in doing something that makes you uncomfortable, you know, and then being convincing in that part. So no, there isn't anything that I would never do. The one movie that made you ball. Oh, E.T. E.T. Yes, of course, of course. Right. Goes home in the end, we all cried. <laughs> Uh, favorite song. Kuch kuch hota hai also. <laughs> kuch kuch hota hai, ha. And our favorite song of all time. This is a tough one, but I think, you know, because it is a song that I would sing right through school, even now it just makes me feel, it just uplifts me, it makes me feel great, um, is Imagine. Oh, yes, lovely. That yeah. makes, you up, makes me cry. Yeah, it's a beautiful song. And it's the song of our times. Yeah, absolutely. And which is the one thing that Dia wants to give up, but she's unable to. You know, that we all have that one thing that I want to give up on this habit, but nahi hota, nahi ho pata. There are a few things. I mean, like I said, I've actually tried really hard to give up refined sugar completely. completely. But it's just such an addiction, yeah. You, it's damn tough to get it out of your system. It is very tough. I, on most days, I manage to do without it. But then there's always that mithai diggya khane ka man karta hai. Chocolate diggya, you want to eat it. And, and yeah. So even if you have like the alternatives kept at home, whatever, you still get drawn to. Yeah, I agree with that. Thank you so much. And it's 2021 knocking on our doors. What your wish for 2021? Uh, you know, I can't wish this pandemic away. So I do, do wish that we as a human species reconnect with nature like never before. Uh, because I really think it is just that that will change so much about the way we live, the way we consume, the way we produce. I think... If we can just do that, it'll make a big difference. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure. Many, many congratulations. 
years wishing for what 2020 2020 2020 more good thank things. you puja if you asked me 20 years ago what life would be at 2020 i would not have been able to predict this year the way it unfolded but I, i think it's been a necessary pause and i'm so happy that we had this opportunity to speak true but many congratulations and keep doing what you do yeah love you and love you too and plastic cups mat chhodna diya aa jayegi uthane main sabko ye main bhi kahungi mat karna chhodne ki baat chhodo sahi mein use hi mat karna bye thank you thank you take care bye